I'm James Waller. I'm Marissa Hoskins. And this is the Teaching It Real podcast. This week's episode, uh, we are going to take some time to reflect on what happened last week. So last week, we had some students on uh, to keep it real about what they thought about their education and what were some of the roadblocks for them, what were some of the things they liked, and even some of the things they didn't like. And a common theme that kept coming up was the idea that successful teachers to them mean teachers that take the time and care to build a relationship with them in the classroom. Yeah, so today we just wanted to talk about our impressions of that episode and some strategies that we've implemented in our own classes to build relationships because what the students were saying last week really resonated with both of us because that is something that we've always believed and we've had so many conversations about and it really kind of affirmed to us um, that what we believe to be a good teacher is what the students perceive to be a good teacher as well. Yeah, so I mean, it's one thing to to want to do that and to listen to them and want to put it in practice, but in order to do it successfully, you do kind of need to have a game plan and parameters and a strategy. Um, so for you, what have you done that's helped you be successful in the classroom, uh, building relationships that last with your students? So one of the biggest things I would say, and that's been a change um, over my years of teaching, is just being making sure I'm really present in the classroom and really taking the time to listen. Because, you know, we all come into the classroom with a variety of things on our mind. You know, the curriculum we have to go over, maybe what we ate for lunch. You know, there's so many, sometimes it's, you know, we That's do kind of get... That's not ever true for me, <laughs> Yeah, right. No, but, but I mean, it's, I think as an individual in general, not just in the classroom, it's hard to be focused, right? And it takes a real effort to be present and be mindful of what you're doing. And that's been a big shift in relationships with me with students is just being really focusing on listening to them and what they're saying and making sure that, you know, when they they're speaking, I'm really hearing them. Yeah. Um, one thing that helped me, so um, when I started teaching, um, I started with grade one homeroom classroom, which means students that are five turning six years old. Um, and then I moved up to grade three students, which would be students who are eight turning nine years old. I think the math on that's yeah, right. Yeah, I think anyway, so. Anyway, <laughs> um, so anyway, um, my grade three students. you didn't stu- say you were a math teacher. <laughs> no, although I was. Um, but my grade three students, uh, who were the ones that were a little bit older, obviously, um, what worked for me um, was once a week I would do uh, a cl- well a, a special segment of a class. It was usually only about 15 minutes, but it was something I called Ask Mr. Waller. And this was uh, 15 or 20 minutes when I let students bring up um, issues in their own life or questions about me or things that they wanted to ask that weren't necessarily related to the curriculum. And I like that. Yeah, when it started, I got a lot of questions about outer space. I got a lot of questions about distances between planets, stuff that admittedly I couldn't always answer. And I'd be honest and I would tell them, you know, that's something we can Google together. We can look it up, but I don't know. (laughs) Um, And I would be honest about stuff I didn't know too. But it turned into them asking me questions about my personal life, things about my wife, Um, about my daughter after I had my daughter, questions about who my best friend was, about what my relationships with friends were like. They asked me if I ever drank wine or beer, things (laughs) like that. Um, And they were questions that, you know, they're too shy to ask uh, other teachers or they don't want to stop a lesson or they maybe don't have the opportunity to. But I noticed after I started opening up in these ways and telling them the truth about my life and they saw me as a, a person, 
and more relatable, they started telling me stories about them too. And it really shifted the way I interacted with them. And it's something I kept once a week. And I still do now, even when I'm just visiting classrooms, I let them ask me questions. So that's a really good point about letting your students see bits of you. And it kind of goes back to our previous episode, right, of talking about professionalism and what it means to be a professional in the classroom. Because, you know, we are, you know, we're kind of educated as teachers that you really need to keep your personal life and your professional life separate. But I found that too. And I think, you know, obviously there are boundaries with your students, but sharing things about your life, that helps build connection with your students and it inspires them to do the same. Because that's another thing that I do is, you know, I make sure I'm showing them pictures of my dog, showing them where pictures from my vacation with my mom. And they love that. And it really helps build a community and also making the effort to get to know their interests. So one of the way I do that is I'll send out um, an, a survey at the beginning of the term. Like, let me get to know you better. What do you want to learn this term? What are things, your favorite hobbies and activities? What are things you'd like to learn? And it takes a little bit of time, but I make sure I write a personal response, just a couple lines, just to show them I've got it and that I'm interested in, I see value in what they have to say. And something I've tried this semester that's been really amazing is trying to really incorporate student interest and passions into my classroom. So for my students' culminating project this semester, my grade 11 class, I had students pick something they were passionate about and use it to solve a real-world problem. And how I'm tying in my curriculum is having them use communication technology to display their solution to their problem. So not only hearing student interest, but also building it into your curriculum, I think that's a really key way to build relationships. Yeah, I I think so too. And I think uh, once you start using it in the classroom like you have in an effective way, by essentially framing a design project as a passion project and allowing students to um, not just work on something they're interested in, but also share with you and with the other kids what their interests are, what their strengths are. Um, it really empowers them. It makes them, as the ISTE Absolutely. standards would put it, an empowered learner. And you get a lot more out of them, genuinely get more out of your students in terms of their effort, in terms of their engagement in your classes, and also in terms of the relationship that you have with them. So I think a passion project or a design project in which students are allowed to take their own route and share their voice and their choices with you uh, is definitely a great idea for strengthening those class relationships. Absolutely. And you just talked about some of the benefits and how building connections with your students, how that impacts the relationships. But also, um, we can't discount as well the impact that having relationships with your students has on classroom management. And governing by relationships, in my experience, has been a much more effective means of classroom management than governing through fear, governing through anger, but having discussions with your students from a place of disappointment in not following your mutual respect and mutually agreed upon expectations is a much more powerful motivator for students when they feel that they're a part of community and they're valued as an individual. Yeah, I think everybody prefers to go to, you know, classroom 202 instead of going to a place of disappointment when they start class in the morning. (laughs) And we know they do sometimes, let's be real. (laughs) Yeah, sure, sure they do. Um, So yeah, definitely something to keep in mind. Uh, Also, we'd like to hear from you about what some of your strategies are for strengthening and building bonds and relationships with your students. If you have stories, uh, please send them to our email because we do want to feature some stories on our podcast as well. And another, we have another call to action for you guys that please either hit us up on Twitter with the hashtag teaching it real or email us. What are your most embarrassing teaching 
stories. We really want to do an episode on that soon. Yeah, so upcoming episode, the most embarrassing teacher stories, which I've found in talking with teaching colleagues are amazingly endearing and relatable for other teachers. We are not infallible in a profession that kind of demands you to be (laughs) infallible. And it's nice to hear uh, embarrassing teacher stories. So um, we will keep teachers anonymous, but if you want to send us a story, we will share it on the air and we'll keep it anonymous for you. But I think it's something that will help a lot of teachers, especially ones that are teaching it real. Absolutely. Thanks, guys.